Hello. 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 Um, Hello. <laughs> if you have listened to this podcast before and this is like not the first one you're listening to and you like it, and maybe tell your, your, you know, your famous journalist friend or your influencer friends or your TikTok famous person or just someone that might, uh, might tell other people about it so that we can grow because we love growing. All humans love growth at the expense of all else. We're not really growing at the expense of anything, I don't think, at this stage. So help us grow. And then from Ivanka's Corner, we have a promotion. Uh, today I'm going to promote Brighton Natural Health Centre.org.uk, uh, where you can go and do some nice classes, things like meditation, qigong, yoga, pilates, dance, that kind of thing, things to make you feel good. And you can dial in from anywhere in the world now because the internet exists. Sweet. Which is lovely. Do that. Do that. Go into uh, Brighton Natural Health Centre.co.uk. Yes. Dot org. Dot org. It's a, right. it's a charity. It's an org. It's a dot org. Uh, mine's not a dot org. Good to hear.co.uk. Go over there. Buy my stuff. Have a look around. Dismiss the pop up. <laughs> it's brilliant. Good to hear.co.uk. Please don't make me go back to contracting. Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly podcast where we invent cutting-edge new terminology for today's crazy world. My name's Michael Forrest. <laughs> and I'm Ivanka Magic. This week we're inventing a crazy term. We, we, we were sort of having a conversation about some, some things we were thinking about and we came up with the subject expertise paralysis. What does that sound like? What, what does that mean? It's this uh, effect that the uh, more you know about something, the more difficult you find to say something clear or to take an action around it um so while on the one hand we have uh, donald trump saying the first thing that comes into his head is like oh d disinfectant cleans worktops so obviously it must clean bodies as well of viruses because that's how science works and just saying that and then you don't hear from the scientists who actually know something about it because they're like, oh, well, the fact's all in, the data's not in, it's going to take five years. Oh. And so all you hear is the voices of the ignorant uh, because when you know something about something, you're not quite so bold as that. So that's the sort of baseline of what we're talking about. Bold. Boldness comes from ignorance often and lack of pause in questioning yourself and wondering if you are right. And many people who know many things and who are probably right and probably right very often seem to hesitate before they make any mm. sort of a bold statement and that is not good we need the bold people the people with the knowledge to be bolder than the people with no knowledge that's what we need and Ivanka is bringing actual research that she is personally doing to this subject yes. so this I... is evergreen content you heard it here first <laughs> subscribe. subscribe subscribe now <laughs> Hi, uh, that's a nice song, isn't it? Is that available anywhere? No. 
Um, oh, there's some words, a reverse. I've been meaning to do a words, a reverse, but it's been three years nearly and I still haven't got around to it. I've sort of got a vague idea of how I might make it into a song. But it's called One Man Abandons, which is which I wrote on a day where someone I know was being weird and on Facebook and saying he was going to quit Facebook. And I was thinking, yeah, well, it's... It doesn't work like that, does it? And then that's the song, and that's the song that we're that has become Doesn't the brand it? of our podcast. Um, how are you, Ivanka? I'm well. I'm very. Uh, I am. Uh, yeah, I am. Well. I'm very I'm well. well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm not sure. I don't know. I went out paddleboarding this morning. This morning was what we call round these parts a bonanza. So if nothing else on this podcast, you will learn a few Dalmatian phrases. <laughs> a bonanza, bonanza, is when the sea is so still and crystal clear, you can see down to the very bottom of the sea. And it's like gliding on ice on a lake. It's beautiful. Unfortunately, for some reason, my brain, I left my beautiful paddleboard experience with Floyd the dog, who also enjoyed himself. And they got home and I just feel a bit, I feel a bit low today, Michael, to be honest with you. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Very annoying. Um, not entirely sure why. Uh, maybe it's just one of them days. Uh, but I mm. also think that but I did get I did get energised when we were talking about what we were going to talk about, trying to well, decide with our usual high levels of prep, planning mm. and research, uh, what we're going to talk about today. So I do yes. feel like I have some things to contribute in that regard. Good, good. And um, and in regards to the emergency that uh, uh, prevented last week's podcast, is everything okay there? Yes. The small child was ill last week and she's so rarely ill and she was so not very well she got she got somehow managed to get heat stroke not mm. under parental supervision i'd hasten mm. to add uh, but then i suppose one is always responsible for one's child wherever it is <laughs> so uh, yes anyway the child overheated and then Yikes. was not well and needed attention and love do you know what happened to her the day before yesterday no she got stung by five bees <laughs> at the same Jesus. time <laughs> what child. how is this possible i don't know she was walk- she went out for a walk with her father <laughs> right and he was walking ahead because our general logic is if there is snake spiders web whatever <laughs> you know the, the parent gets bitten yeah. anyway she must have he she one of them must five. have disturbed some five she did i mean she's a very oh robust child i have to say like she does fall over and she's not that but she sort of like shakes it off or yeah, comes for yeah. a quick cry and then goes back and uh, she's uh, totally understandably... I can't even... ...screamed. And then I thought, uh, to high heaven, which I thought was entirely justified. So we did ice antihistamine cream, yeah. cracked open the cowpaw, which she never gets given, so right. it was a brand new bottle that I can't even remember what I bought. Popular, popular child opioid yeah. cowpaw. Yeah, okay. It's paracetamol. It's paracetamol. Gave her paracetamol and ice cream. Ice cream. Well, I mean, and, that sounds know, terrifying and horrific. I cannot imagine five. This has to be and is, I'm sure, her first experience of real pain. Do you, uh, you know, like she's hmm. fallen over, bumped herself. She's, but she's just never ill. Yeah, touch wood. You know, she's not had sore throat. She's not had earache. She's not had toothache. She's not had, you mm. know, like not broken anything. Again, I'm touching all the wood in the world, holding yeah. on to a tree. Well, um, but yes, yeah, so I'm kind of 
Well, I would recommend to a child to have that level of pain in response to an observable thing happening rather than just like randomly coming on and uh, intensifying and you can't do yes, anything about it it's like it, yeah that's a different sort of thing but yeah like so i'm glad she's like okay avoid bees so, yeah. i can do that <laughs> i can do that she doesn't seem to be particularly scarred like the, i mean we li- our garden is quite insect infested uh so she doesn't she's still not running away from bees and wasps frantically so that's good i was a bit concerned no we did take her back for a walk in a similar area and it's just so that she wouldn't um i think she's just associating it with ice cream now rather than pain oh if that happens i get ice cream (laughs) cool (laughs) anyway there you go so how are you michael how am i i I have i am uh, ups and downs. I'm, I'm in a good mood because my numbers went up by 7% this morning and uh, rather than down as it has been for the last few weeks. I'm allowed to check once a week and it has a slightly gross impact on my mood. <laughs> like I woke up really early this morning. Like I did like I'm, I'm coming up to my 12 month and I'm starting my 12 month review of my quitting contracting thing. So I've been pulling right. some data together and writing some sort of draft blog post and stuff like that. And today I was like, okay, let's put what what project. I figured out what project would how the projects correlated with the mood ratings and um, uh, been looking at that. But yeah, I just got up at like five thirty this morning and started fiddling with that sort of stuff. Um, but then and since then, like I saw my numbers, I was like, hey. And then now I'm like, um, I'm good. I'm very excited that I've got a haircut booked for tomorrow. <sighs> going to be the best haircut I've ever experienced. I cannot <laughs> wait. So, expertise paralysis. Expertise paralysis. Um, we can start... Should we start... <sighs> Like what? So you, what? What you've been doing some research, and I've, you, I've this came doing, out yeah. of that. I've done for the last couple of years. Well, as as the regular listeners will know, I'm a user researcher by day. Uh, so one of the things I do is interview lots of people, and I've been quite fortunate in the last couple of years to work on a couple couple of projects at least where expert information, expert academic information needs to be assimilated by the public or particularly policy makers. And the projects have been around how to accelerate that, how to increase influence. So that's one thing. And separately, I've been working with an academic friend of mine who has got some very interesting research around uh, how we how we you can use creative practice and how creative practices and collaboration make transformation easier, make change easier to to accept and make it make it happen. And one of her uh, so you so, mean like so, the sort of iteration and that kind of thing. And well, just like you know, so, I mean, in her world, it's like uh, uh, the way her starting point is that the amount of transformation that is required for climate change is scarily huge so anybody who's 
thought about it can be put off the actual amount of work required it's like la 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 you know what no more mangoes yeah. for breakfast my whole the school system the what car i drive the the mortgage i fought so hard to get the pay route all of that could be gone and i can't think about it so i don't want to think about it so i'm going to do nothing and you know i'm just going to carry on recycling and for sort of bigger scale transformation and thinking change can happen but it's much e- the way i'm interpreting her research is it's much more easily done in a a creative collaborative setting so if you apply your brain to uh, something like becoming the friends of x woodland the very act of coming together with pe- with people to work on a thing is in itself transformative right right so not just so, the process so the but just that, the simple collaboration so, yeah, itself so the fact that you and i have met pretty much every Friday for coming up to 25 years. <laughs> 25 years. <laughs> 25,000 episodes. <laughs> Means that we are like a micro version. And, so, and both of us almost certainly have in that time developed our thinking around things. We've changed certain behaviours. Absolutely, I have. I, and I, I know you, I recognise <laughs> that you have. And it's like there's things that we do that we examine that just that thing that regularly getting together with a common idea is helpful Mm. so what I'm trying to work with her I'm trying to help or or what I'm trying to work out from reading the academic side of the work is how to translate that into real life and get more people doing it because and this is where my expertise paralysis definition comes from it's like just because you you're you don't know yet if you're completely right or right enough or that the theory could be applied to everyone, everywhere, no matter what, doesn't mean we shouldn't start doing it necessarily. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a how right do you need to be? So sort of, and this happens, I think, uh, rightly, of course. You can't go, you know, in any sort of academic endeavour, in any kind of scientific exploration. We don't want people going, hey, I just tested a thing and turns out MMR vaccine gives kids autism. We're making... Up. We don't yeah. want that. That is wrong and bad. But there especially is, when is... you see how long that sticks around for. Yep. Kanye this week is a. <laughs> he says vaccines are the mark of the devil or something, and he's running for president. And it's like he's, that is phenomenal. That the concept it's incredible. <laughs> Just because one yeah. debunked in paper that was widely yeah. published is just. Uh, undermining the health of everyone. Right. Sorry, yeah, which is why, yes, probably why so... one reason academics are scared to publish something that they're not sure yeah, yeah, about. I, about. Or yeah. that they haven't proved beyond any doubt or that, you know, they don't know the exact caveats that need to apply mm. it. So, yes, this works if X, Y, Z. Yeah. But, but the problem is that for the, the rest of us, in, and this is, so I've done work with the academic institutes, well, actually, uh, sort of a bit meta, but it's like academics about education. Uh, mm. So this education technology project. And, we're, and there's, there's this constant sort of, there's this, there's this range of people who are studying a thing and learning things and trying to work out how convinced they are by their research and their peers' research and how mm. robust their methods are and then you've got people who are having to make a decision today yeah on something 
And it's like well, just right, people I, who have a press conference today and have to say something. Sometimes it's like it's a weird, like completely different, uh, like cadence. I think of it like. Even like yeah. I was thinking about that, like in terms of my failure as to ever get my record deal or whatever, like uh, just then looking at you just look at the um, that Queen film. Have you seen that? The Bohemian no. Rhapsody. It's, it's all right. But there's this thing where like just the guy, you know, Freddie comes into the office of the guy and he's just like, oh, yeah, there's a this guy needs someone to work with. Can you do that? Things that happen, happen on this cadence of of the people who have are committed already to something or other i guess i'm just trying to think does that does that connect but i'm just thinking in terms of politicians have a press conference where they have to think of something to talk about we have a podcast where we have to think of something to talk about every week and we're not it's like if we waited until we had some concept before we recorded a podcast we'd have three episodes but because we sort of start from okay well this time is allocated to recording the podcast so yeah, yeah, like yeah. ideally have something available ahead of time but um yeah yeah but it does lead to a different sort of output. And it does. Which is a little bit more, you know, that sort of rushed thing sometimes. <laughs> but, like, meanwhile, the stuff that you've been working really hard on, like, never sees the light of day because you're kind of waiting for it to get to that. And that's the, that's the paralysis. That's the, that's the expertise paralysis. And, and I think it works on a, on, a, on a... There's, like, on a micro level it works, and then it works on this sort of broader level. Like, people doing interesting research into things to do with climate change today... Yeah. We don't have t time. We don't have a 10 to 15 year academic cycle for them to be absolutely certain yeah. that they are absolutely right. Like we mm. need to start filtering that. Info. And maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's sort of just a, a, a it, there seems to be this sort of, um, maybe it's not about rightness either. Maybe it's about confidence to start talking about it. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I, they're, they're in it's in its presented as a consecutive set of events. First, I do all this research and then I start talking about it. But actually, yeah. in, if you want a message to be received, you want to be talking about it, like you want it to land. So you need it, you need to start talking about it as you're working on it. You need, it's just as important to start planting the seeds and get the information yeah. out there ahead of time. So that when you come in with the findings, people are like, Oh yeah, that thing. It's like when you've got a really good account manager in an agency, there's no big surprise for the client at the end. Yeah. Because your account manager has worked with them so well that you just walk in and go present. They go, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Exactly what I wanted. <laughs> but the same with, same with P like what I'm having to do is this PR thing, like how I'm having to promote the things I'm making. Like, and then everything said, like, I, I should have started promoting it when I started working on it rather than kind of waiting until I had a product. And because and then you take people along for the journey. And that's that's like you, you can't just expect to finish something, put it out there and for anyone to notice yeah. it. Like, because you have yeah, to yeah, sort of yeah. be showing, taking them along that whole journey. Um, but um, speaking of, uh, speaking of like climate change and like doing something and having the con confidence to sort of follow through on an, on an idea, like sooner rather than later. And, and there's this aspect of like, at some point your hand is just forced. So it's like, yeah, you yeah, don't want yeah. it to get to desperation, like before no. you try something. But this is what happens when you have this um, fear of disrupting the present stability or like yeah. what what semblance of stability there is because as soon as you make a change to something that's like suddenly 
businesses and everything that is built on this kind of like predictability is in danger and the new normal has to emerge you know following this with it's all very clear that this is happening at the moment but um we i was just gonna say like uh we 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 were watching we started watching the film snowpiercer last night um having been watching the mediocre-ish netflix series of snowpiercer we were watching the june bon ho Hon Jun, is that his name? Bong Joon Ho, uh, starring Chris Evans. But it's uh, it's set in the future, and they're all in this train that's spinning around the the frozen Earth. But the start of that film is the um, they uh, freeze the Earth because in a it's a climate change measure where they kind of put this stuff in the sky that's going to like bring the temperature of the planet down a bit. But instead of just like bringing it back down to a manageable level, it makes it com- kills all life on the planet and makes it completely oh, nice. uninhabitable and and the, the only people that survive are on this train I, I don't, it's a weird thing that it's, it's more about like and it's another one of these like um class divide commentaries uh, you know like parasite uh, so like th- so i think it came from like first class second class third class can we have a reason to make this the whole world um <laughs> that's kind of the, but like but you can see people you know that's the fear in a nutshell yeah. right there like we're going to spray this stuff into the atmosphere to fight climate change and, and the planet go is going to get destroyed forever yeah but, but th- yeah but then that that sort of like connects to me with that david McCandless visualization about nuclear the nuclear warheads aren't really enough to destroy the planet and maybe we overestimate our um, ability to immediately f- things up the other way yeah and i think but i and but i think there's also scales of this it's like uh so there's a few people i've been interviewing as part of this research and it's like uh, one of the things i'm talking to them about is um arguing with people on the internet that's the question is you you know you Mm. the scenario is you've seen somebody you know has posted something on facebook that you know is blatantly untrue Mm. And what are you gonna what what are you gonna do about it? And yeah. then there's various responses. And I think in the most ex- but but largely people who n- know there's this reluctance to sort of they're like well I'm, I know that's wrong. However, I'm not sure that I could argue that it's wrong that I have all mm. the correct data points lined up. And if somebody challenged me on this particular area, I'm not sure I know enough. So I'm going to go and buy a book yeah. <laughs> or three books. I'm going to read up a bit more about it until I'm sufficiently expert that I feel like I've got all the arguments lined <laughs> up to to be able to go ready. And I think you know, there's a point at which um, you know, if you are, if somebody's if somebody's posted up something, you know, is this spelt right? Like there's a point mm. at which you can go, I don't need to look it up in a dictionary. I know, yes, mm. you're good. You can post that. You know, yeah. you know. there's like this, this degrees and scales of knowledge. There's a person, it seems to me, to be the person sharing the, the, un, the, the blatant untruth is mm. not pausing to question their knowledge. I wanted to, I do, I, I think I'm going to put on the thumbnail of this episode, not that anyone can see the thumbnail anywhere, but I thought maybe overcoming expertise paralysis is the subject. And to overcome it, you you just have to jump in and trust your judgment. And like, if, if someone's, you can't, if, you, if you're just going to go and read a book and then someone, the person that is posting stuff is going to have posted 10 other bullshit 
things in the meantime and yeah, yeah. you're not going to have responded to any of them because you've got to buy a book for each new one because they, they have that luxury of just not thinking about it so they can just post a load of nonsense up so really you sort of like have to go instead of do I can I 100% defend an argument against someone that is able to nitpick any single thing to do with my argument am I as capable of thinking on my feet as this person who has just posted this nonsense yeah. on Facebook. I, I, and people need to... And that just comes... Sort of turns into a self-confidence thing. Um, yeah. Like, it, is it just a fact of... And are men better at, like, uh, saying uh, well, their opinions I, I, as facts? I've heard this. I, I've, I've heard that it is true. I'm going to give you an example. Because I, I, I've got something that I... I sort of would argue against myself as well on this. So given the vaccine, you know, the, the MMR example, given the example of, let's say, fracking, which yeah. I, I would argue against from a point of view, of, never mind the fact that we don't need any more gas and oil and that's not where we should be investing our time and energy. But also we're, we're, we're from an engineering science point of view, also quite good at kicking a cat problem down the road so yeah. it's like well we're going to blow this bit up but when we poison the water and then we'll clean up the water and then when we've got the sludge from the cleaned up water and then we're like we're quite good at not thinking through all the consequences so there mm. is that so i would argue against myself here but <laughs> yes you do need to pause and be right but there's also there are there are examples where a selection of a, a collection a group of experts uh, exam questioning something together can can shrink the time. So, for right. example, I follow this woman on Twitter called Trisha. I don't know how to pronounce her surname. Trisha Greener. Green H A L G H. I follow this woman on Twitter who is a professor of primary care at the University of Oxford. Right. So she Green is Hull. a no. Green Hull. So how are we going to say? Green Hulg. Mm. Mm, exactly. So I follow this woman who's a professor of primary care at the University of Oxford. And she's been talking about, she she turns up on the telly talking about COVID. But she's particular. I've been following her through COVID talking about masks. Mm. And she'll sort of tweet, you know, we've had a meeting today. There were 20 of us. We're all doctors. We're all used to looking at, based on the data we yeah. have today, we favour masks. There is not sufficient yeah, yeah. Empirical, empirical evidence to say yes, yes, forever, but... On the balance of facts, this is what we do. And I think it's those practices. So that kind of like on a, on a world level, we need more of that. But on, a, but on a personal level, we also need people to, to, who know what they're talking about to be more Speak bold. Up. Speak up. <laughs> Speak up. Well, here's, um, you know, we, we haven't mentioned the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is kind of what this no. is. It's the, yeah. um, and I think that's probably most acute in leaders because they have to sort of have a bird's eye view of a lot of different disciplines and a lot of different things. So they can't become experts. They can't. So most of the things that they're talking about, they will have never gone into that, into the sort of like the, the valley of the Dunning-Kruger effect where they realise yeah. how little they know. And obviously, again, nowhere is this clearer than with Trump, but like with any like boss, they'll sort of like say that it's almost like goes with the job that you're going to be before that Dunning-Kruger effect threshold where you realise how little you know. Um, but they're the people making all the decisions. But they're also the people kind of going, oh, well, 
they're, they're overconfident in their own ignorance at the same time. Yeah, so they're yeah. like, oh, I don't think that sounds like a good idea. Based I mean, on what? Like, uh, I you know, think it's based on they don't like the idea. It's like, you know, that doesn't sound like a good idea because I don't like it because yeah. it's going to affect me because <laughs> it sounds horrible. And this version of the truth that is not, not true mm. <laughs> sounds nicer. Yeah, COVID is a conspiracy loaded bottle. It's mm. not real. It's not real. It's not I real. Wish, That's fine. I, I don't wish. have to change my yeah. bet. I didn't get yeah. to this state. I didn't get here in life. I didn't get this far in life without trusting my gut. Um, that's my impression of Donald Trump or someone, Boris Johnson. No. The prime minister now. I think my judgment carries some weight. <laughs> <laughs> There's one woman I interviewed this week. She was like, just so clever and young and full of knowledge just full mm. of analytical knowledge yeah. and she was so full of imposter syndrome uh, i was like uh you know it, this is a user research session i can't give you a pep talk now, but you know if I, if i was meeting her in a lab and i was walking out the door with her i'd be like now listen sunshine <laughs> like working in digital stuff we've got so used to like oh if we publish it and it's got a mistake we'll just fix it mm. <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's just so easy and the fact that it just doesn't stay even if it's really 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 good on the day you publish it it doesn't stay good <laughs> it doesn't stay it good does it not stay good it decays <laughs> so quickly and just like but, well yeah that yeah it was really good Six months ago, now, shit. Yeah, but, <laughs> do, but do you know, you say that, but like the amount of, and I, you know, I'm not an architect, I'm not building physical structures, I'm not a climate no. change, you know, expert trying to find ways to stop the entire planet from turning into a flaming fireball, like, that's tautological there. But, um, but I have to say, like, the amount of stress I have felt um, being the one person responsible for shipping an app that has no QA, has no other people working on it or looking at it, that there may be up to 10 days of time before I can put a fix in if I make a stupid mistake, if I miss something. And I, I, I have to empathise with the people doing something actually important when... Uh, like all and all that's really at stake is the brand identity or like some people might put some bad reviews in and like all oh, that may cut undercut the the income for one but, month of but, but like I it's terrifying yeah. and so stressful like so i can but, understand but I th- it i think that's an argument to being in a gang mm. like you know pit but but I think academia particularly takes the peer reviewed. The peer reviewed has a single purpose, but there are no peers who are marketeers or comms people mm. or, um, you know, somebody like with my friend's uh, papers, I was like, you know, what what should a CEO of a design agency do with this information? How do they translate mm. it into their work? And I think it's about what, you know, in your scenario, for example, having, if you had 
uh, it doesn't have to be somebody with the same expertise as you, but if you weren't doing it entirely on your own, there is a there is an ability to, to you could accelerate some of those things for sure. And I know in your case it's you know it's dip, but it, I think it's an argument for for why you might be sharing the burden mm. is will 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 shortcut things and yeah. potentially catch much. That's why you know when we do user research, everyone is doing their qual data. But, you know, five people interviewing, putting five people in front of a product will catch 80, 90 mm. percent of the problems, which is, mm. frankly, as many as you're ever going to fix anyway. You know, let's be honest about this. Responsibility is a um, is a big question here because in a way, like traditionally, like the truth trumps any human authority, and and so those people that are in theory more connected to the truth, e.g., the researchers in a particular subject around climate change or priests, uh, you know that that that, that kind, yeah. those kind, they sort of sit above the prime minister above the president in a, in a way because you can't you can't argue with it if if someone's got access to the truth and they know it then they just that 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 is a kind of power that yeah. transcends any human authority uh, donald trump has thrown that whole paradigm in the toilet you know we're seeing people realizing that 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 that, that model isn't necessary anymore and um I was hoping you'd sort of. I think look the priest versus. In this. I am. I am. I'm right, I am really interested in this. Sorry, no, I'm waiting to talk. No, I think your priest versus scientist model is a really good one because I think there's this weird thing where you know, even you know, in the olden days, <laughs> the king would listen to the priest. And the priest had the authority to you know bring down the word of God, and then the yeah. king would go, "Oh, you got me then. I better do what you said yeah, yeah. then." And they sort of carry this unchallenged authority. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are 70 billion examples of priests getting their heads cut off because they didn't say what the king wanted. But that's aside. Do you know what? I'm not even sure. I don't know. Because if you are God-fearing, you're not going to f*** with the priest. Like, you're you're not. not. (laughs) This is the thing that's... I'm having a hard time right now, but eternal life. Come on. (laughs) You don't f*** with eternal life. But the scientists, scientists have never attained that level of of God, you know, God, uh, 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 hand of God, yeah. uh, not to be questioned. And deliberately almost, because scientists, by their very nature, the very nature of science is to be constantly questioning, isn't it? Mm. So therefore, to present them in a, themselves in a position where they, not, they can't be challenged would be like counter to science. Although you do have this sort of, there, there are, the institutions don't necessarily behave the same way. And I'm, I'm just thinking about Game of Thrones and when Sam goes to the Citadel and oh, they're all stuffy and they won't listen to, they're just, they've, they've set in their ways, they've got their beliefs, they won't, like, he's bringing them new information and they're just like explaining it away and going, ah, well, no, that won't be a thing. Oh, no, it's, that's been that for a hundred years. Oh, no, it couldn't possibly be the case. And um, yeah. that's, that's definitely something something that will happen in a in an academic institution people yeah. will be sort of a bit full of themselves but is there a conservatism associated with that sort of institutional thinking that 
makes it very hard to get anything done or anything new done. I think, yeah, as soon as you get all that, um, the bureaucracy comes into play, it's very hard to move on anything. So, you know, bring on Dominic Cummings and he'll fix everything <laughs> Make by, <it> bypassing <laughs> bureaucracy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, but you saying, see, it's, it's, a, like, it's a very, very risky business that we're talking about because you know how do you work out who has authority and it's correct that people who know more question themselves more and take make you know like i saw something on on facebook somebody shared the other day they like some sort of anti well it was like playing down covid and it was shared and linked to a, a swiss institute of something or other and i i sort of read it was like this is bull- I'm just going to go and have a look at the website. And then it took me a few minutes to prove to myself that the website really was bullshit. But then I was trying to work out how to prove that irrefutably to the person. And I was like, I've got time for this. (laughs) So I just let it go. Uh, At a a micro level, it's very hard to go into battle against ignorance. And I don't think that's what I'm particularly talking about. But I'm talking about how to increase the actionable nature of academia or academic mm. findings without undermining them, maybe. Like, yeah. we don't need Dominic... Dominic, Dominic Cummings is, is also an example of the, what's it called, the Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger yeah. effect. Because he sort of, like, knows about some things. Great. Mm. But, like, do you know enough about enough, a wide enough set of things to be confident it's like I, there another woman i was talking to in the weeks headmistress of a school uh, the schools are finding out about the measures the government's bringing in or releasing at the same time as the rest of us so they mm. watch the press release that boris does and boris goes yeah schools are opening next week and they're like are they <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they're like okay right so and then they have to make plans and then the parents come in and go oh well we'll, we'll help you erect a marquee in the garden so that you can mm. keep the children isolated and then she's like they cannot think through all the tiny little bits of things like when does the teacher get to go to the loo in all this <laughs> and how you know like yeah. so it's that sort of breadth of knowledge which i think I think the way to protect ourselves from making silly split second cocky overbold decisions by broadening the scope of people querying it. Yes, yes. Um I mean the way I'm thinking about it I've drawn a little graph. Oh good. We have we have two sort of like um opposing forces here or like two different types of behavior here. One is committed action so that's like an announcement or a like a, a something that's got to happen on this date so that's like a leader committing you to some ill conceived action and then you've got to like meet that deadline meet that task one way or another um and then on the other side of it is this like here's my pet here's my research project here's my album here's my uh, app that i'm working on like and i want to make this the best it can possibly be before you reveal it to the world yeah. we need to combine those two worlds we, and the way to do that is to have a, a more regular connection between them so um but the problem with well so and so an example i'm thinking of just because i can see his poster through my window is wintergatan um martin molin who's making this marble machine but every week he makes a youtube video showing his progress for that week so he's committed to that action of showing the progress every week so 
on the one hand, he's trying to get this machine to be as absolutely perfect as it can be. But on the other hand, he's committed to creating these videos every week. And then there's this, uh, there is a slight kind of fight between, well, I've got a like the time that it takes to put something good into a video each week will take away from some of that time that you need to make the thing work really well. Um, but you, you have to choose somewhere on that scale to be. And not on the scale at all, never announcing anything, only ever touching the rest of the world at the point when you've finished your yeah. research. That is yeah. too far on the wrong side of that curve. Yeah. The other side of it where the, you know, the week you may you don't need to release something every week, but like you can set people's expectations by saying on this day every month or this how sprints work, like every two weeks we're going to release whatever yeah. happens. It's a train. You've got to get your thing on that train. And um, by having yeah, yeah. something like that, it, it sort of helps to stabilize the chaos of it a little bit, little bit more because yeah. it's not like the one and only time you'll ever try something. Now it's like, okay, we'll try this and then we'll see how it goes for a couple of weeks and we'll still be working on the big, big idea, but then we'll have another opportunity to correct our mistakes. And I think like having some sort of train that is going, that's going to leave the station on this day every month, every year, every day, is a really good discipline for academics and people suffering from expertise paralysis to kind of snap out of that a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. I'm I'm happy with that as a suggested Conclusion. way of working. <laughs> I like it. Find out where you are like, on that scale. If you're too far yeah. on the in your own world scale, then you're you're not going to achieve anything. However brilliant your idea is, yeah. or your product, or your plan is. Yeah. But also, if you spend too much time in public, you're never going to get this thing finished. <laughs> I've had a lot of found a lot of energy for this subject. I do. After yeah, yeah. Being I think it's, to start with. I was very, um, very not in the mood. <laughs> I was, I was wanting to like not do anything today and go and hide under a duvet no. type day. Also, I've got a lot of pain in my leg, which is not helping me uh, at all. I might have to stand up for a bit. I'm going to leave this in the podcast because it shows our point perfectly. Like <laughs> I was, you were feeling a bit not like doing it, but you were committed. I was committed. I, I sort of came to the camera this morning going, I. Oh, I don't know anything about this podcast, but just the fact that we have this in. So, you know, there you go. Proof, if proof be need yeah. be. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com and make sure you're subscribed or do it in the app you're using. Where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter. Um, go to our links, support our enterprises. Uh, there is a Patreon and a Slack channel if you want to get involved in that. Just look, in, look underneath, do it. Uh, but we hope you're well and having a weathering these storms and uh, uh, surviving the fresh round of changes to, you know, just as you get stuck into one routine, you've got to change it again. Like, um, oh no, the gym's opening again. Uh, it might not be the same though. I don't know what to expect. Maybe I should just not go back and just keep doing what I'm doing. It's going to be okay, everybody. Change is good, <laughs> albeit terrifying. See you next week. Bye. 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 bye.
Thank you.